0: Welcome to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie and Summer Bobberak, sponsored by the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation and Doss Greenhouse. And now, here's your host, Justin McKenzie.
1: Welcome to Building Texas. My name is Justin McKenzie, and today I'm in Lakey, Texas, located in Rial County. You may recognize this area of Texas as the Frio River Valley, exclusive summer camps, Lost Maple State Natural Area, or the famous Twisted Sisters, known for their sharp curves and scenic hill country views. Today I'm joined by Sheriff Nathan Johnson. We will be tackling the reality of sparsely populated rural Texas with a median income of $25,000 a year, the challenges of human trafficking, organized drug smuggling, seasonal tourism, and an upcoming eclipse. So, Sheriff Johnson, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so very much for having us, and uh, we appreciate you being in Rial County. A lot of people come down here and they'll say, how do I say, is it leaky, Lakey
0: We always know if they're from here or not, if they call it Real County and it's leaky. But it's supposed to be Rial County and Lakey. What brought you to Rial County? We're a little bit out of the way. I'd have to go back. I'm from Arizona. When I got out of the military, I met, like a lot of guys, I met a gal, and I uh, my wife, Lanise, is from Reagan Wells, which is just south of Lakey. So this area uh, has been our home intermittently for the last 30 years.
1: And today, and I know for the last 30 years, you've made a lot of impact in this region in a number of different roles. Where are you making an impact today?
0: I'm the elected sheriff of Rial County. I'm in finishing my second term, or four-year terms. I'm running unopposed for four more years, and that's a blessing. But the folks of Rial County elected me to be their sheriff, and I look at my job and the job of the deputies that I hire to be threefold, and I tell my deputies that there are three main jobs you do, and they're in this order. The first one is to protect life and property. That's our number one job. The second one is to keep the peace, and sometimes that means playing daddy and mommy to the county or whatever you need to do, but keeping the peace. And the third one is to uphold the rule of law and uphold the law so that people have a safe environment to do their jobs, raise their children, go to church, whatever it is they choose to do. We want to make an environment where that's unencumbered uh, by either criminals or by people who are just being necessarily disorderly or disruptive to someone's pursuit of happiness. And we look at our goal as to assist the public with whatever is necessary within the legal means to take care of them, provide for their safety, and to encourage them to have a good life.
1: Now, a lot of people come out here to enjoy their life as tourists. Yes. So when people think of the Frio River, they're going to think of this area. But that means you see a population shift from about, I think, 2,500 people in
0: Rial County citizens on the census data. Correct, which is a little misleading because there are about 2700 people that are on the census as living here. There are a lot of I would say half again that number or twice that number who have a second home who are here especially since COVID and they work from home, they are registered somewhere else. So therefore they're counted on a census in Austin, San Antonio, Houston, wherever. But their second home is here and this is where they stay. So we have about 5000 6000 typically in the county at any time. Then In addition to that, because we have the Frio River and we also have the Nueces River. We have the headwaters of both the Frio and the Nueces. And the whole concept has changed in the last 25 years from more of a farming, ranching, cedar cutting area to tourism. And people come because you can stand in water up to your shoulders and count your toes. It's that clear. And so people want to enjoy that. And so a lot of people have changed what they do to make a living to facilitate that type of tourist behavior. And so they build cabins on their property. They run tube shuttles. They do kayaking rentals, things like that, that participate. And, of course, there's other things, the restaurant business and other things. And then there's cleaning of all those cabins, et cetera. So there's a small cottage industry around the tourism on both sides of the mountain.
1: It's interesting to me because when I think of the cottage industries that are coming in, it, it is tourism. It spikes We talk about the eclipse coming in April. I'm certain you're taking steps, all these cabins are gonna be full. Yeah, they're already booked. What does that take you to population wise?
0: And that is that could be even larger than our normal bump, but we Mm -hmm. have a large bump in the summer peaking in fourth at the fourth of July, where we have thirty to forty thousand people in our county. And that will be an ebb and a flow from when school gets out until basically two a day start for football you're going to have a dramatic increase in population. And, of course, that means a dramatic increase on public services that are required, your ambulances, your fires, your car crashes. Your, uh, we have a lot of more. There's weekends we have 5,000 motorcycles in our county driving the Three Sisters. And, of course, we have to airlift a lot of them out because there's the roads are beautiful, but if you don't pay attention, it's easy to crash. And then there's also wildlife that crosses the roads and they string rocks and gravel. And like I tell the motorcycle drivers, you can't drive on marbles. And if there's rocks there, you have to really be careful.
1: As, as someone who rides the roads on a bicycle, I think even worse, mm-hmm. it, it is, I know people that ride bicycles out here. And that has to be an incredibly difficult thing for you to see, because you see the mortality, you see the dangers, the wide spectrum of people on these roads.
0: Right. And, and a lot of people, I'm a motorcycle driver. I have a, Plate in my head from motorcycle driving. I still have a motorcycle, but I know now even more clearly than I knew in my 20s and 30s that they're extremely dangerous. And so, in addition to motorcycles and bikes, we also have runners. We have joggers that are doing these races and running up and down the mountains. So, you have people on foot, people on bicycles, motorcycles, and then you have the fast cars, the car clubs, the Corvette Club, or the Porsche Club or whatever, and they come out here, so it can create some really interesting uh, traffic control. They times.
1: don't all call ahead and coordinate their use of. It would be nice it. if yeah. they
0: would, <laughs> but that's interesting because the other
1: element of what you have in this county is you're not far from the border. Right. So I, I'm from Del Rio originally. I was there recently. I saw Florida Highway Patrol, Florida Game Wardens here, all supporting border operations. Right. But you're one county removed from that in most people's minds, but. I have to believe you have the trafficking and all of the things coming north. Yes. And going through this
0: county. Absolutely. And for years, there was very little of that. There was some human trafficking, some smuggling, and some walking people that come across illegally. And but we are not on the main route. Mm-hmm. So we are not a clean shot to anywhere. Coming here, you have to be coming here. For years, the smugglers did not frequent us very often. But as more Texas law enforcement, with the assistance of other states and the Border Patrol and all of these agencies, as they put pressure on the main thoroughfares, then that starts to squeeze out the people that are taking alternate routes. And that's where we get them. So our smuggling has increased dramatically. I would say over two-thirds of my criminal court docket is smugglers that we've caught. And it's dangerous because they come through our towns 100 miles an hour. Uh, through school districts, we've had them come right through while kids are letting out. They they come through at night. It, it's been a very difficult thing, aside from just the criminality of it, but and trying to take a stand against the people that are being smuggled and being trafficked because they're often victims as well. They are breaking our federal laws, but they're also being trafficked in many regards. And there's a lot of children sometimes, and and younger people under eighteen and we've seen it dramatically increase. It's been very destructive, and we know we're not going to stop it, but we're just trying to take as strong a stand against it as we can. We tell them that this does not, don't come to Rial County, because if you do, you know, you're going to get arrested. You're going to, your car's going to get impounded. Uh, Things things are going to happen that are not comfortable for you, and go somewhere else. That'd be great, But, but we still have them come through, and it when you're doing high-speed chases, it's dangerous. When you're doing high-speed chases on the Three Twisted Sisters, it's extremely dangerous.
1: And these are people that are seeing it for the first time.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: They're not out here vacationing. They haven't been coming here for years. They're yeah. getting through here as quickly
0: as they can. Yes.
1: How does that look from a mutual aid standpoint or from the state rein-
0: how many deputies do you have? It's myself and four deputies. The commissioners have just improve, uh, approved two more to be hired, but that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Across 700 square miles? Yes, and and dealing with, and a lot of our roads are unpaved, and we have Highway USI Highway 83, we have Highway 41, and we have Highway 55. Most of the rest of it is unpaved. That's why we run almost all four-wheel drive vehicles because a lot of our calls for service are on unimproved roads or very, Slightly improved roads. And people,
1: I'm continued, we were talking earlier about the Texas Panhandle and how the canyon lands. People it don't is. understand. There's switchbacks in the Panhandle. Out in Real County, there's switchbacks and some rough roads. This is yeah. not easy terrain.
0: It's very steep, valley, yeah, the, dangerous terrain. It is. The topography is, in many regards, what has insulated us for a long time from just your general ebb and flow of smuggling because the topography is not conducive to and these are business people they're in to make money and you don't go to kansas city via omaha so you don't go to dallas fort worth houston via Rial county unless there's pressure points that stop you from going the regular way and as we've seen a lot a huge uptick in that then that's begun to affect us
1: so as we take a step back and i want to talk more about the people that live in Rial county and you and I have shared some conversation over time around how are we preparing kids for the future? I've seen some boutique industries, the, the river floating, the tourism come in here, but in reality, where are the jobs of the future? Are kids graduating high school and leaving? Or are they graduating high school and staying? And what does that opportunity look like in
0: Rale County? And that is a very big challenge for our community because there are not a lot of, let's say, a college-oriented jobs here, such as being an accountant, being an attorney, being you know, a medical facility, of being part of the medical facility industry. So many of our kids find themselves not leaving, or go to college for a, a semester or two and come back, and then get they sometimes get caught in just whatever job is available working at the pizza hut work or the the pizza place working and not that those are bad but that there's not a whole lot of longevity in that to have your own home to have a car all these things and so we do have some programs and I would like to see them much much greater emphasis put on the trades because so many of these kids they would make great plumbers electricians hvac computer technicians even and there's a lot of those jobs here and since COVID, we've seen that there are a lot of people that are working from home here, but they're not from here. They have a job somewhere else, and they have a second house here. And so they've made this their new office because of uh, fiber and the, 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 it can work off the Internet, et cetera. But for our kids growing up, we really aren't giving them, to the degree that I think we could, the skills to, to even come back and stay in a small town. Every small town needs a plumber. Every small town needs an electrician. Every small town needs HVAC. We all want our heaters and air conditioners to work. One of the big things we have is we don't have a very many auto repair places. That's a huge industry. We do have a couple of those small mom-and-pop type things, but a lot of them can't afford the computerization that's necessary to work on your modern car. They can change a the tire. They can fix an oil pump, things like that. But if it comes to diagnosing things, you've got to drive 60 miles south or north or east, in order to get your vehicle.
1: So your options there would be Uvalde, Hondo,
0: or Bandera, Mm Kerrville. Yeah. And that's that's difficult. You're going to take your car over there, drop it off, get someone to bring you back. Then you have to take someone to get you back there. It it just makes it more difficult. And then you're without your car, unless you have a good friend or a spouse with another car, it's tough to get that done.
1: But that's the reality of doctor's visits. Yes, it is. Probably hairdressing. Absolutely. All these things that we... Living in, I live in Bernie, Texas, and I can go within a mile and find all of these services out here. You're 100 miles to get some of those. Yeah, services.
0: even even grocery shopping. We have a local mercantile, and on the Campwood side, we've got like Family Dollar, but that's a limited amount. If you want some nice fresh produce or you want to have some excellent cuts of meat, things like that, you, you might get it here and then you might not. And we try to stay local as much as possible. I try to purchase as much as I can locally. But there's just things that they don't have.
1: When we talk about building Texas, I I think what you're raising is an important conversation around how are you preparing kids and showing them the trades. Not everyone needs to go to college because there's not college jobs here. But what jobs are here and how do you create that? Because my my fear is looking at your median income, looking at the the scale and size of the county, you have about 22 percent below the poverty line and and taking it. A step further, living without purpose, living without hope of here's how I'm going to climb out of this. We have a lot of organizations in bigger cities and bigger regions and areas that pour into those people. But I wonder who's doing that way out here. And unfortunately, I think when people are in that lack of purpose, they're in that spiral of anxiety or depression or other mental
0: illness. And that creates substance abuse.
1: Substance abuse and criminality. Yeah. Our Kendall County Sheriff, Al Oxer, says I became the place for all of the people that needed help. They started showing up in my jail. And so we've done a lot of work and attribute to a number of people collaborating across a county government system to say, how do we give them purpose? How do we give them hope? But how do we have a behavioral health advisory coalition that's ensuring that we have the services that we have crisis management who's doing that in a
0: rural county it's very limited uh heb foundation has done some uh, tried to establish a foothold here with some services we have of course we have our churches which are our fallback and we have some of our ministers have gone and gotten some training to do some extra not just be in the pulpit every sunday but actually help reach out to those people that are in those situations, that entrapment of Mm -hmm. uh, a death spiral, as you called it. So it gets down to money. A lot of people would like to see some of those services done, but who's going to pay for it? And how is that going to work? I think, like anything, it's step by step. And what you have to do is, going back to your talk about purpose It's not just purpose for those people that are in the dregs of society or in the lower elements with their foot caught in a trap. It's purpose within our government office. It's purpose within our every element of our society. And when I took over as sheriff here, and this may astound you, but we still hand wrote our dispatch notes. We had we did criminal reports for referral to the prosecutor as a word document and and that was good and functional for many years, but that's not where you're supposed to stay. Because if you do, you're gonna get passed up. So because this community started changing from a sleepy little community that had farming and ranching and a few of the little things. In it started in the nineties with ConCan and their development. And so people, a few people up here said put some cabins on a river and see what happens. And now it has dramatically changed so that we have very little farm and ranching, really. We have hunting with our exotics, and we have our tourism trade that centers around both rivers. And as a matter of course, your law enforcement needs change. And so, therefore, you have to begin to prepare yourself. And to attract people to come to work for you, you have to have something to offer them. You can't say, you're going to come to work, and by the way, you have to bring your own gun, your own raincoat, your own body armor, your own cell phone, because people are going to be like, I can't do that and this every purpose every agency within the county has to have a purpose too and your purpose has to be to have growth not just for growth's sake but growth so that you whatever it is you're doing it effectively and efficiently and that you have a plan of how to how to make that fit hand in glove with the needs of the community and whether that's the road department i mean our road department had huge strides to make. Uh, And Judge Bella Rubio has uh, really taken that bull by the horns. She's in her second term and really made some dramatic improvements. When you have a bunch of dirt roads, they're always in disrepair. Mm -hmm. But she's made a concerted effort to get the road department the equipment they need to have a plan of service to get that out there. And that purpose within government helps too. Uh, And a a lot of our businesses are growing and the the commissioners now are having to look at how much available water do we have? Because, yes, we could literally grow ourselves into no water. You ran out of water this summer from what I remember. It was a lot of 10, basically a 10-year drought. And after a while, all the caves and crevices and springs are dry, and our river water started dropping. The more straws you have in that pool, the less surface water you're going to have.
1: In all of that, I wonder who is driving economic development out here because... That is a link in a lot of counties and areas that ties together the coordination of all of these public servants, public offices into here's where we're going economically.
0: I think, yeah, the Hill Country Alliance, I think, is beginning to um, have maybe that a little bit broader net approach. And I know that Judge Rubio has participated in some of those meetings, visionings, understanding where do we want to go? Who wants to take us there, and is that a sustainable plan? Can we sustain whatever it is we're trying to come up with? And so I think that there are some groups now really beginning to understand the necessity for those long-term logistical plans. And it's not just about today, the crisis management of today. So,
1: I, I'm a big fan of the work the Hill Country Alliance is doing but I wonder, is this the hill country? It's an often-questioned concept of right. where does the hill country yeah. end and where does West Texas begin? You're a West Texas we're, sheriff.
0: Yeah. We're, we're right at that edge. We're right, right at that rain line because everything west of here, from here to Murray is pretty deserty. Sonora, St. All, all Angelo, all that is is that. So we're right at the very edge of it. But we're also, it's very attractive. A lot of people... It's a, be, a good kept secret. It's called the Swiss Alps of Texas, and not everybody knows it's here, yep. which is in a way a good thing. But And, of course, everybody wants that economic development, but you also have to have the resource base to do that. And, for instance, just to give you some numbers, when we started tracking, I put in a CAD system as computer-aided dispatch so that we could begin to track our calls for service. How many calls do we have? And I put that out in a monthly report. How many calls do we have this month? How many have we had this year? We peaked two years ago during COVID when a lot of people were here. We had 6,069 calls for service, 6,069 times the phone rang, and not just to ask if we were doing well, but to ask for help. So if somebody needed to, to do something with 6,069 times. That's for either fire, EMS, law enforcement.
1: Is that over a year?
0: Yes, one okay. year. But if you
1: take four deputies and right. volunteer fire. right. Exactly. And volunteer
0: EMS. Volunteer EMS. Yes. And so that can become... And,
1: and let me emphasize a point. These are volunteer fire, volunteer EMS yes. in a region with a median income of 25000 So I don't suspect that they're far from that no. in their daily living and how no. They're, no, not, they're volunteering, giving their servants...
0: And they're not independent at the highest wealthy call. either. No. So, they yes, they are participating as members of this community... You know, it's like one of the things that we also get. I don't. There's not enough of us to go around when we have district court and we have forty, fifty people on our district docket. There's not enough deputies to transport them all in, run the metal detector, keep the judge safe, and answer calls in the county. So we actually have a posse. We have a sheriff's posse, and these are people who have been vetted and have have something skill set to bring to the table, and they come assist us during those days. Or I, I wouldn't have the manpower. So this community is extremely. Generous with who they are. And when we talk about giving people the shirt off their back, there's people in this community, absolutely, there's a lot of them that will do it. And they serve their fellow man in every way they can. But when you have 6,000 calls for service in a small little community, and this year we're probably going to hit 4,800, somewhere right in there. Um, But that's a lot of times that the phone rings and somebody's got to go do something.
1: I want to wrap up with a a call to action and, and really get your thoughts on where do you find your optimism? Up for the future and then how do you instill purpose i know in your background you we didn't talk about you a lot today but that's okay. you've impacted a lot of people individually putting them on the right course helping them find values that i believe you picked up early in life and then reinforced with the marine corps and other places that you've served where do you find optimism for a community like this?
0: I'm, I'm very excited about the Bible tells us where there's no vision, the people perish. So if there's vision, if you're moving forward in any way, and we're, I'm very excited about where we're going, even with the sheriff's office, you know, doing things just like keeping the, fo- the folks informed and being transparent has been just a, a big lift to our community. I have a sheriff's app that we put out. My community loves it and download it wherever apps are sold. Rale County Sheriff, it's for free keeps people informed, and then we get a lot of help from our community. Oh, I know where that wanted guy is or the missing horse or whatever it is that's on there. So we get a lot of help, and I see as our schools develop, and I think we're starting to turn that corner where we really start to understand that we need to get the trades into school and we need to actually focus not on sending everybody to to college. And I have terminal college degrees, but not everybody needs to go to college. I'm doing a job that requires a high school diploma. And just because you have a degree doesn't mean that you have necessary success in that. But I think helping people understand in the community that their government is serving them and we're here to help them have a successful life and to help youth understand that accountability, that we're all accountable, and that the law is not there just to hold you down, but that I want to help you aspire to be all you can be. And I tell people it takes... 40 or $50,000 a year to keep somebody in the penitentiary. It takes almost nothing to keep them out. A few hot dogs, hamburgers, take a kid on a hunting trip, take them scuba diving, backpacking, sit around a campfire and tell stories, just get somebody to bring a guitar and pick a tune. All those things give those kids, any kid, and if you can touch five lives or 500, however many you can, those are kids who are not gonna go down that path of destruction and they're gonna think, oh, I think that this is a better way. And we see that in whether they're coaches or anybody else. Our job as a sheriff is to, like I said in the beginning, is to facilitate any investment in our young people that we can and to make that something that's healthy and
1: good. Sheriff Johnson, thank you for the way that you're building Texas and serving the citizens of Real County. Thank you for the
0: opportunity. Appreciate it.
1: This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at DasGreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse.
0: Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Now let's head over to the Patrick Heath Public Library with Miss Constance for children's story time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4. This is Bernie Radio.